1: Good morning, my beloved family. How are you? It's good, good, good to be with you. Uh, Blessed yet uh, octave of the ascension. We are in a most glorious time of year. And in fact, you might have heard the news. It's been out maybe two days, um, or actually it happened last week, um, that uh, God has given us the most wonderful miracle in our time, the most wonderful grace, and it happened in the order, uh, the Foundress of the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles in Gower, Michigan, Uh, magnificent Benedictine order of sisters who recently, uh, they've grown so much, they've become an Abbey and um, mother Cecilia is now Abbess Cecilia, this is a few years old, in fact um, the foundress it's, it's quite a story of her history, which I don't have to uh, give you all today, but um, the foundress is um, Wilhelmina, a sister of mother Wilhelmina Lancaster who had been with another order for I think 50 years and uh, longed for tradition rather than its growing liberalism and finally left and formed what is now the Daughters of Mary, uh, the Benedictines of Mary, uh, Queen of the Apostles. And their foundress uh, died um, in 2019, four years ago. I was at her funeral, uh, myself and Sister Gertrude Marie with me, went to Gower, Michigan, and was at that funeral uh, of the sisters, a magnificent high mass, magnificent funeral. And um, uh, she was buried. We were there when she was buried in a simple wooden coffin in the ground. And the sisters, as is typical uh, in this sort of uh, religious life, four years later, last week on the Solemnity, she died on the Solemnity of the Assumption four years ago. And on the Solemnity of the Assumption last week, four years later, the sisters went to exhume her body to transfer it from the coffin to the Abbey, uh, which is normal to do that. Um, And when they went to exhume her, the prioress, Uh, Mother Cecilia, Abba Cecilia, uh, couldn't believe that she saw a foot. She thought she saw a foot sticking out. It had been a torrential rain and caved in the ground. And um, even uh, the coffin had a crack and caved that. And she looked more closely. And they discovered that their sister, Wilhelmina Lancaster, was intact, completely intact. Everything around her in the coffin was disintegrated. The fabric of the inner coffin, everything was disintegrated. But Wilhelmina Lancaster was completely intact. Her habit, completely not disintegrated at all. Her habit, even the ribbon that she was buried with around the candle, her rosary, her veil, her body, everything, totally intact. Uh, enormous miracle throughout the centuries. There have been saints that have been incorrupt, we know that, but it is such a rare occurrence. And I tell you, there are a few things, dear ones, that have made me, filled me with more joy than this, that have made me happier than this, uh, because this is the only traditional, truly traditional Abbey uh, in our country. And uh, we're at a time where the the liturgy, the traditional Latin mass is being uh, shut down, uh, is being fought against. And here in this beautiful, faithful, yet fairly new abbey in Gower, uh, Missouri, uh, God has brought this foundress. Uh, kept her perfectly intact what a seal of approval not only on her life but on this order on tradition that's the only reason that sister Wilhelmina Lancaster founded the order is because her order had grown quite liberal and after 50 years with them she was 70 years old when she left to form this traditional order And she died at 95. I'm going to read you the article from the National Catholic Register and it's titled Miracle in Missouri with a question mark. It is a miracle Um, and the subtitle is body of Benedictine sisters foundress thought to be incorrupt and the reason such hesitant language is being used is because um, rightly Uh, we always wait for the statement of Holy Mother Church. But there it is clear. And we are sending out an email today. Uh, We are, uh, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. We're going to send out an email to everyone on our mailing list um, with her incorrupt picture and uh, the article from the National Catholic Register. I, I tell you, if anyone... Uh, tends to lose hope in these days when the church is being so fought against, not by the world so much, but by the church herself. It's, it's tragic, but God is allowing it. And look at the hope he's given us in the midst of this. Um, why have the daughters of Mary Benedictine also been founded um, to return the hemline of the habit to the floor and the habit to the world as the glorious sign to God that it is. Every time we're now in Texas, as you know, under Bishop Strickland, the Diocese of Texas, and we are walking through the streets as I've always dreamed in full habits to the floor. Finally, we're able to take in sisters and we're able to expand. And we have the new land that um, uh, we need to purchase by uh, next month, June 23rd, um for a million point two uh it was actually expanded to from 50 acres to 86 it's a million point four now and uh we are receiving donations for it It, we must close by uh next month june 23rd we must have the full purchase price because it's a three million dollar property with two huge structures a large four-bedroom house uh, a deep well of 500 feet, uh, a pond, and just everything we need. I've said. Se- I don't know if you've seen the interview um, that uh, John Henry Weston on LifeSite News made with me. He wants to help us raise this money. Uh, I haven't mentioned it on the Station of the Cross before because I don't want to interfere with their um, their own fund drive. Uh, and, and I mention it now, it's it's a couple of weeks later, um, uh, just to say how thrilled we are uh, that it looks like the donations are coming in and we're very hopeful to be able to purchase that property. In my heart, I've dreamed for years of building a beautiful monastery, but the world is in such bad shape. Souls are being lost, lost re- left and right. The Catholic faith um, is being, um, undermined by her own bishops. Uh, it's, it's a tragic situation, but our Lord is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So in the midst, all I live for dear ones, 24, seven, 24, seven is a salvation of souls. If I could put my arms around the world and our primary, uh, apostola primary focus is the family because the family is God's design to build his kingdom and uh, therefore as i've said many times and as you know the enemy's number one target to destroy and it is being destroyed left and right so-called same-sex marriage uh, gender ideology transhumanism artificial intelligence all this has one purpose to destroy the church, to destroy the human race, it, to destroy everything God has done. But God is God and they can't win. Nobody can win against God. He is allowing this unthinkable evil um, for this time. In his wisdom and in his love, He is allowing this. And things are getting so bad and I believe they're gonna get worse. Um, that maybe uh, the human heart, which was made to know, love, and serve God, will finally see that um, no one and nothing could win, and no one and nothing could bring happiness, except God, for, which, for whom we were made. And so, in the midst of all this horror, uh, God has wrought a miracle, uh, I, I thought when I heard this, if anyone's body might have been found incorrupted, would have been Mother Teresa of Calcutta, that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful saint. But no, this unknown nun, uh, who died unknown, pretty much, um, uh, was raised from the dead incorrupt. And God made sure they knew it because he sent the storm to, um, destroy the ground and the coffin in which she's buried so that they could see that she is completely intact her habit and all i'm i it's so thrilling beloved there's the music for her our first break when we come back i'll read you the article from the national catholic register and in half break we'll take your calls and emails
2: Hi, this is Jim Havens, co-founder of the National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and Rally for Personhood. Some truths are self-evident, some rights are unalienable. It is a scientific fact that life begins at conception fertilization. It is a foundational moral truth that we ought not murder innocent human beings. Every human being is a human person with a right to life and the equal protection of law according to the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Yet we have an ongoing daily mass murder of our little pre-born brothers, and sisters it's time for all men and women of goodwill to rise up together in the public square and say no more come join us in albany new york on saturday june 3rd men let's go first and gather at 9 a.m for the men's march women we need you to join us at 10 45 a.m for the rally for personhood outside of the new york state capitol we'll have some great speakers along with terrific opportunities for formation and fellowship before and after go to themensmarch.com for all the details see you in albany
1: Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app.
2: What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give.
0: I learned so much through the station of the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it.
2: I was attending the chapel and places
3: like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com
1: you can hear, I'm just so thrilled to be with you today, and I'm so um, excited, it's not the word, just filled, overfilled uh, with joy. At the news I was uh, telling you about at our first segment, um, the uh, finding last, just last week on the Solemnity of the Assumption, of Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster, whose body is completely intact after being in the ground for four years. I was there in Gower, Missouri, with the daughters, the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, the most beautiful, beautiful order, uh, Benedictine sisters, who are well, well known for their magnificent CDs, that have, uh, I think, two or three times uh, rose to number one on the secular charts. They're just so beautiful, so faithful to the church, and their voices are angels. There's no instruments, their voices are the instruments. Absolutely magnificent. Um, and I visited them a few times, um, but this is a um, uh, that's when I was with them last at the funeral of Sister Wilhelmina in 2019. And uh, I mentioned before that as typical, uh, after a few years, the uh, order, whatever order would be, would uh, uh, uncover, uh, exhume the body of their foundress from the grave and take what they assume would be a small pile of bones, so all disintegrated, and bury her Trans, uh, transfer those bones to their own crypt, to their own monastery. And last week, when the sisters went to do that, uh, exactly four years from her burial on the Solemnity of the Assumption last week, which was celebrated on Thursday, um, they didn't find a little pile of bones. They found their sister fully intact. And uh, not just her bones and her body but her habit untouched, her rosary, her even the ribbon around the candle with, with buried with her, while everything inside the coffin, all the material around her disintegrated. It, it's, a, it's such an encouragement to us, not only of a sign to our eternal life with God, but I was thinking back uh, to EWTN with Mother Angelica When uh, Cardinal Mahoney went to Rome to try to shut them down, went to see the Pope to try to shut them down, EWTN, when Mother Angelica was alive. And during his trip to the Vatican, a little Italian, I think Italian, I'm not sure, a woman who nobody knew. I I think she could hardly speak English. I don't want to destroy the story. I'm, I'm giving you the pieces that I think I remember. Uh, came and said, I want to see Mother Angelica. Nobody knew who she was. She didn't have an appointment. And she's told Mother Angelica to take the brace off her foot. Mother Angelica had a um, uh, an accident with a uh, vacuum cleaner, I think, or a washer, floor washer, something machine. And she'd been wearing a brace ever since. And several people through the years had come to her to heal her with messages, but nothing ever materialized. And this little woman said, Mother, I'm sent to you. Take off your brace, and uh, I hope I get this right, too. But mother, Mother's leg just, she took it off, and her leg unwound. And the next program, Mother Angelica was on, Mother Angelica Live, dancing with Jeff Caven on air. An utter, utter miracle, right in the midst of the cardinal's visit to Rome to shut down Mother Angelica because of her, uh, I want to say, outspokenness, but simply speaking the truth, and so that absolutely thwarted Cardinal Mahoney's uh, plot to shut her down because uh, God validated her, and I, I, this is uh, maybe on a different scale, I or a better scale, I don't know when the when the when the Vatican and The church is trying to shut down traditional and has shut down traditional orders and the Tridentine Mass, the Latin Mass. And right in the middle of that, this most beautiful traditional order um, is given the grace of the incorrupt body of their foundress uh, just last week. It's just so beautiful. Uh, I am so, so grateful to God. I, I just try to imagine being physically with the benedictines of mary queen of the apostles i i just imagine that um now i I don't think i'd be able to sleep i could hardly sleep they're in gower missouri and they're uh, benedictine like we're benedictine they're completely cloistered we're contemplative active uh but i i'm one of them i feel i'm so thrilled for them um so i will read the article to you from the national catholic register and the news is all over the world by now, so this may not be new, but we're going to send an email out today anyway on it for many who haven't yet heard, um, and if you want to get that email, go to our website, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel Soap, and you can press on newsletter and sign up for our email, but if you sign up now, um, it'll probably be too late, for, it'll be in time for our next newsletter, but... You'll be t- probably too late for this particular email. So, if you wish it, uh, just go to our website. It'll be on the home page, or email email us uh, mail m a i l at hope dot org. Mail m a i l at motherofisraelshope.org. dot org. We'll get your email, and I'll personally send it to you. Um, all right, I better read this before we still while we still have time. It's titled "Miracle in Missouri: Body of Benedictine Sisters Foundress Thought to be Incorrupt," and under that it reads, "According to Catholic tradition, incorruptible saints give witness to the truth of the resurrection of the body and the life that is to come." And there's a beautiful picture of uh, Wilhelmina, and uh, you could see the dirt. Uh, on her habit from having been buried but it's totally incorrupt and it reads um, hundreds of pilgrims have descended it sounds like the fatima movie where thousands of pilgrims descended on fatima for the miracle hundreds of pilgrims have descended on a benedictine monastery for religious sisters in rural missouri in recent days after news began to spread on social media last week that the recently exhumed remains of the contemplative orders African-American foundress appear to be incorrupt four years after her death and burial in a simple wooden coffin. Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster founded the Benedictine Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, best known for their chart-topping Gregorian chant and classic Catholic hymn albums. In 1995, um, uh, she f- yes, she founded the Benedictine uh, Sisters of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, in 1995 at the age of 70, leaving the Oblate Sisters of Providence, her community of more than 50 years to do so. Known for her devotion to the traditional Latin mass and her faithfulness to Benedictine contemplation and the liturgy of the hours, she died at age 95 on May 29th, 2019 on the Solemnity of the Ascension. Roughly four years later, on the Solemnity of the Ascension in the Latin Rite, the abbess and sisters decided to move her body to a final resting place inside their monastery chapel, a long-standing custom for founders and foundresses. Expecting to find bones, the Benedictine sisters instead unearthed a coffin with an apparently intact body, even though the body was not embalmed. And the wooden coffin had a crack down the middle that let in moisture and dirt for an unknown length of time during those four years, <clears throat> we think she is the first African-American woman to be found incorrupt, the current abbess of the community by the Cecilia told EWTN's ACI group on Saturday. As the head of the monastery, it was her role to examine what was in the coffin first. The body was covered in a layer of mold. That had grown due to the high levels of condescension within the cracked coffin. Despite the dampness, little of her body and nothing of her habit disintegrated during the four years. The shock was instant for the community who had gathered to exhume her. I thought I saw a completely full intact foot. And I said, I didn't just see that, the abbess said. So I looked again more carefully. After she looked again, she screamed aloud. I see her foot and the community, she said, just cheered. I mean, this is the abbess talking. I mean, there was just this sense that the Lord was doing this, she said. Right now we need hope. We need it. Our Lord knows that. And she was such a testament to hope and faith and trust. Those are the words of Abbess Cecilia. The Catholic Church has a long-standing tradition of so-called incorrupt saints, more than a hundred of whom have been beatified or canonized. Can you imagine? More than a hundred, beloved, in 2,000 years plus of the church. A hundred is rare. The saints are called incorruptible. Because years after their death, parts or even the entirety of their bodies are immune to the natural process of decay. Even with modern embalming techniques, bodies are subject to natural processes of decomposition. According to Catholic tradition, incorruptible saints give witness to the truth of the resurrection of the body and the life that is to come. The lack of decay is also seen as a sign of holiness, a life of grace lived so closely to Christ that sin, with its corruption, does not proceed in typical fashion, but is miraculously held at bay. Rumors of a flood cracking open the grave and the sisters examining the coffin by flashlight in the middle of the night are highly exaggerated, the told the ACI group. So this is apparently um, there were those rumors of the flood um, ex- uh, coming in the middle of the night and uh, um, all of that. So there there's some uh, inaccuracies here, rumors spread, but Sister Cecilia in this article, uh, corrects the errors and and tells the exact details. It's so thrilling, beloved. I need to stop now because there's the music for our second break. I'll send the email out today, and you can see the entire thing online um, or uh, probably in many articles on the Internet. Uh, our toll-free number to call with anything on your heart is one or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We'll be right back.
3: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for May twenty third. Today we celebrate Pope Saint Gregory the Seventh. Three evils plagued the Church in the tenth and early eleventh centuries. First was simony, the buying and selling of sacred offices and things. Second, the unlawful marriage of the clergy. And third, so-called lay investiture, whereby kings and nobles controlled the appointment of church officials. In 1049, Pope Leo IX brought a young monk named Hildebrand to Rome to be his counselor. Hildebrand directed his reformers' attention to all the problems facing the church. Eventually, he became pope himself, taking the name Gregory VII. For 12 years, Gregory was a busy pope, fiercely resisting any attack on the liberty of the church. For this, he suffered and finally died in exile in 1085. Thirty years later, the church won its struggle against lay investiture. The Gregorian Reform, a milestone in the history of the church, was named after this man who tried to free the papacy and the whole church from undue control by civil rulers. Gregory reasserted the unity of the church based on Christ and expressed in the successors of St. Peter. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
0: Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before.
3: If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Mary. I'm live. I am live. I am here, not on audio, but uh, rather, yes, on audio, not video this morning. I'm so, so thrilled to be with you. We spent the first half hour talking about the miracle that God brought Um in Missouri last week, when the body of um, Wilhelmina, Sister Wilhelmina Lancaster was exhumed after being buried four years, the founders of the daughters, Benedictines of Mary, Queen of the Apostles, and found to be incorrupt. It's so, so thrilling and so much hope that God gives um, the church. Uh, if the enemy could destroy it, uh, he has all guns out to destroy the church, not just from without, but uh especially from within uh left and right um and to give us a miracle like this right now is is just such a beautiful hopeful situation that doesn't give us faith it affirms our faith in fact all the miracles uh even of the first century we're not so much for unbelievers but they were to affirm the faith of believers and this certainly does that well dearest i'm going to be taking your calls your texts your emails um for this entire half hour um with whatever is on your heart feel free to call in with anything at all you could always call in or write anonymously it has nothing it's not ever an issue uh the 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 uh, the heart of the matter, I always say, is the matter of your heart, with your name, with your city, without, does it matter? <clears throat> Our toll free number, 1 877 5483, or email at mother at the station of the We have an email. I, I began um, uh, last week uh, answering uh, some of these uh uh, two or three of the emails I, be- I began, but we weren't able to continue the program. And so um, uh, it wasn't able to uh, air. And so I'll, in case uh, whoever wrote this was not uh, there, I'll, I'll go repeat them again. Uh, this one anonymous writes, Hi, Mother Miriam, I listen to your show almost every morning. I have a question for you. I come from a big family and was brought up Catholic, but did not practice my true faith until a couple of years ago. As I go deeper, whenever I read these things, I say, blessed be God. Blessed be God that he has brought you. Our conversion never stops every single day. Blessed be God that he's brought you uh, to know the treasure that you have and that you are in Christ. This person says, as I go deeper into my faith, I am discovering a lot of things in my family that need enlightenment. Most of my siblings do not practice the true faith in their acts. I can name a few incidences such as civil marriage, <clears throat> artificial conception, well, artificial contraception, uh, not t- and, and she says artificial conception as well, I don't know if she meant that, uh, not attending regular mass on Sundays or Holy Week, etc. It seems that all my siblings are being influenced by my oldest sister, including my mother. Whenever I'm over at her house, I feel that I'm looked at as the superior sister who is trying to practice the faith and be above them all. Now, dear one, I'll continue reading your email, but if you were on the phone with me right now, I would ask how they got that impression, uh, why they feel that. Um, and and um, this one writes, how do I handle this situation? She keeps hosting everyone at all times, and that is why they fall for most of these things, the social gathering aspect. Do I keep going to her social gatherings and ignore what is the right thing to do? Now, there's another question where I would ask you if you were on the line, what, what is, when you're at those gatherings, what would you have to ignore that is right to do at the gatherings? Um, and she says, my daughter started to complain about me being the troublemaker. If I stand out and do the right thing, again, what does that mean? Standing out and doing the right thing at a social gathering. If you're preaching to them about mass on Sunday and all that, that's another matter. And it's not the place to do that. Um, But I don't know what's involved here. She writes, I tried a few times to talk to my mom and my other sisters and they ignore me or think I'm being jealous of my oldest. And the next thing I know, I'm excluded. From the family plans, I also have a brother, my oldest, who stopped talking to the family since my dad passed away, including my mother, for almost seven years, as part of this dysfunctional behavior. Please give me your feedback on this situation, as it is getting uncomfortable, especially around holiday gatherings, where I cannot ignore or stay away. Thank you, Anonymous. Well, dear Anonymous, um, I don't, uh, what you've described is clear that by the grace of God, you have uh, discovered who you are in Christ and what the Catholic faith is, and God has granted you the grace to love it and to live it. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing, which would make you chosen by God out of your entire family. To be the missionary to the family, um, and not just in word, but indeed, for you to be present to bring His love, His truth, by your life and your love and your actions to the family, not by preaching. This is a case where we preach, uh, not always by words, but you truly have an opportunity to be God's love to your family, and. Um, I don't I mean if you were sitting around at social gatherings uh doing drugs or uh doing what things were against the commandments and all that no you're not going to participate but why they think you are uh above them and all of that I don't know so you're your great uh, call right now, your great uh, charge and gift from God is to love your family, to come alongside them as our Lord did us from heaven, he came um, and he didn't come to condemn. He came to win us to God, to show us who God is by his love. We love because he first loved us. That's your mission. So. If you wish to call in or write more clearly what you need to do or what you are doing at family gatherings that is separating you from them, uh, let me know that and maybe I could respond more specifically. We have an email from Santino who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, this is Santino from Gahana, Ohio. Hello, Santino. I wanted to get your opinion on Tiger parenting do you think tiger parenting is an okay form of parenting or do you think it is a wrong form of parenting and let me just say uh santino during the break i took a look at tiger parenting because i don't know i haven't heard that term but apparently it's an extremely strict form of parenting where um Uh, Children are put under rigorous authority and discipline because their only aim is worldly success, that they would be a success in their professions, um, in business, in medicine, in science, whatever it is. That's the aim. Um, Santino says tiger parenting is very common with Asian families. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jennifer Pan, a girl from Canada who killed her own parents. Jennifer Pan went to a Catholic school and was forced to study 24 seven. Well, obviously that's an exaggeration because she she had to have slept, was of Vietnamese descent, was forced to become a doctor and later on forced to become a pharmacist and teamed up with her boyfriend and a couple of drug dealers to kill her own parents. I'm going to paste a link in the text message that I'm sending to you. Well, obviously, that is an extreme example. I've also read Santino of um, the uh, Japanese culture, which, um, even to be thought of as a normal part of society, uh, schooling and success in schooling is uh, very, is number one. Number one, uh, if you cannot go on to university or college, you are uh, seen as a homeless person, as someone of no worth. And the pressure put on Japanese children has been so enormous that they have the highest rate, at least they did when I looked at this, of suicides in the world for that reason. Um, it's, it's truly, truly awful. Um, So Santino posted um, another video. I haven't looked at either of these websites or videos, um, but um, he writes, please get back to all of your viewers, including me, and tell us whether this is evil or not. Thanks and God bless sincerely, Santino. I do think it's evil, Santino. Now there'll be different degrees, degrees of tiger parenting of parents, um, pushing their children beyond what is reasonable uh, based on the individual child, not in general, because one child can be pushed, one child's an A student and can be pushed more than another child who's a C student. And the C student might be working harder than the A student based on the gifts of the A student. Uh, The C student might be putting in more work. So um, it is, uh, I think it's evil because it it not only destroys souls but it's completely wrong god has not given us the definition of success being a doctor or a pharmacist or a scientist or a head of a company or a millionaire that's not the uh, measure of success the measure of success is one's closeness to god how one loves god is holiness that's what we strive for We're not a failure if we don't get an A. We're not a failure if we don't uh, graduate with honors. We're not a failure if we can't even go on to college. Not at all. Um, We're a failure if we don't love God, if we don't love our neighbor, uh, if we don't honor God. That's a failure because God has determined what we are to be, not society. And so every parent needs to raise their children to know, to love, and to serve God. That's why I'm so strong on homeschooling. And so many parents are afraid to homeschool because they think they're going to ruin their children. You will ruin your children if you send them to public school and to most Catholic schools. You will ruin your children if you do that. You homeschool them from the moment of conception for nine months in your womb. You homeschool them when they're born. You feed them. You diaper them. You teach them to walk and talk. You teach them values, who they are, all of that. And when they're five or six years old, you turn them over to the world. This is a great shame and a great failure. Um, We need to raise our children in the faith. And yes, teach them without any question. But most children will fail in school, not because they don't have the intellect. Sometimes they fail because they're of great intellect and they see the futility of life and they could care less about history and social studies and all of that. All they care about is being loved, who they are, why they exist in this world, and only the home, a right home, that loves and honors God can teach them that and can give them the security and identity that they need. There's the music for our uh, final break, beloved. We'll have uh, 10 minutes or more when we come back. And again, plenty of time then. Our lines are open for you to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross. Dot .com and we'll be right back.
2: Please join us in a prayer to Saint Anthony of Padua. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen oh dear protector saint anthony on this day we direct our fervent prayer to you asking you to hear us and to intercede for us we are parents who ask for peace in our families our worthy occupations and our daily bread we are children who ask for divine assistance and protection in the hope of a successful and happy future we are the needy poor the afflicted, and sinners who come to you for help and grace. Therefore, speak on our behalf to that child whom you hold in your arms, and we are sure of being heard. Amen.
0: of the cross began broadcasting in buffalo new york in 1999 since then our listening areas have multiplied and expanded into several states while our mission is to grow the catholic faith through radio and other media outlets our apostolate is supportive of but independent from your local diocese through your generosity we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices.
1: thrilled to be with you and we have about 10 minutes left and again you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart toll free one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the um, we have a call from cara in new york hello cara hi mother mary how are you i'm great how about yourself doing well thanks Good. Um, just a quick question for you. Um, so um, I'm wondering
0: on holy days of obligation, are we expected not to work as on Sundays?
1: You know what um, I am hesitating to answer that. Um, we must attend mass on holy days of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We must, but um, I don't know if we can work on those days as we should not work on Sunday. Um, my my first um, uh, hold on, oh, important. So I'm trying to look this up right now. But my first answer is we should not work, and the reason I say that, but I'm not saying that canonically. When I grew up in my Jewish faith, um, any holy day, uh, the schools were closed because the population of Jewish people in New York where I was uh, was so large that there would hardly be any people in school. So we were loved by everybody not Jewish because they'd have a day off. Um, But um, uh, so we never worked on a holy day. And I, I would say ideally we should not work on a holy day. But let me just see, um, uh, on Sundays and other holy days, the faithful are to refrain from engaging, there you go. Uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church um, explains holy days of obligations in this way. On Sundays and other holy days of obligation, the faithful are to refrain from engaging in work or activities that hinder... The worship owed to God, the joy proper to the Lord's day, the performance of the works of mercy, and the proper relaxation of mind and body. Family needs or important social service can legitimately excuse from the obligation of Sunday rest. Um, hold on now. Code of Canon Law spells out all right when the Holy Days of Obligation are. um let me just see again. Canon um, law says with the prior approval of the apostolic see the conference of bishops can suppress some of the holy days of obligation or transfer them to a Sunday, which they've done with most holy days of obligation. They've been transferred to Sunday, which means that most of them uh, we don't work in any case because we're never to work on a Sunday. Um All right, let me just see the country with the fewest, Canada, United States, details of how, um, all right, it goes through um, all the the, uh, holy days of obligation. Let me just, um, uh, okay, People, I, I think now, um, I, I'm not giving you a more definitive answer. If I did, because the church changed it, um, I would I would say we should not work on holy days of obligation. We should say to our employer, this is a holy day of obligation. We need to go to mass and worship God on that day. Um Rather than I'll be in late because I have to go to mass, or I'll leave early because I have to go, or choose an evening mass or an early morning mass. Uh, at 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 bare minimum, we must go to mass, uh, even if it means um, missing some work hours. If we could work around that, the church has allowed that these days. I don't think it did. Um, uh, the, the I'm looking at an article on on the Catholic dot com site and um, there's a book that has written called Mass Revision and so with that revision uh, it's allowed how the liturgy is changing what it means for you uh, it's written by Jimmy Aiken and so the church allows it now to go uh, to Mass uh, on any day and any holy day but Sunday Uh, to go to Mass and then to work. Uh, So the full obligation is to go to Mass. But it used to be that someone kept the entire day. So um, you're not obligated, according to current canon law, to work on Holy Days, similar to Sundays. Um, But you certainly have that individual choice.
0: Okay. Um, Can I ask you a quick follow-up question? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, so, go ahead. for example, on you know, oftentimes on Sundays after mass, our family will go out to eat um, mm-hmm. at a local diner. Is that then wrong because I'm sort of incentivizing someone to work on a Sunday?
1: you got Catholic? it. You've got it. Even if they are Catholic. But if they are Catholic, they shouldn't be working on Sunday. Um, yeah, I've many times, Kara, said to people. I mean, going out to eat is eating as a family is the most wonderful thing to do on Sunday, apart from mass, the most wonderful thing. But if we go to a restaurant to eat, we are demanding people work on Sunday to serve us. And people say, well, I'm not demanding. It's their choice. Yes. But if nobody went into restaurants on Sunday, restaurants wouldn't be open. If nobody shopped on Sunday, stores wouldn't be open. The only reason restaurants and stores are open now, which they used to be closed, is because people have lost their faith and they no longer honor God. But uh, you're absolutely right, Kara. Now, you might have a, if your family is not as sensitive as you are, not as devoted as you are, uh, that might be a hard thing to convince them of and they may see you as a Pharisee, you know, being because their faith is not there. Um, what you could do, and I have done, uh, when I'm with people, even Catholics who want to go out to eat on Sunday, they think it's a wonderful thing to do. I simply say to them, "I, I want to be with you. I agree, it's a wonderful thing to do, but I I just uh, don't want to uh, encourage people." to work on a Sunday, which I'll, I'm i doing if I go out to eat. And they say, well, they have families to support. They're gonna work on Sundays anyway, they have to. And I say, I know that. But the more we do this on Sunday, the more we contribute to that. So um, do me a favor, I'm gonna make brunch for everybody, come over to our house and we'll eat. I mean, there are options there. But um, uh, I would say, Kara, that nobody should go to any restaurant on a Sunday um, or any store or if you go to the park Um if there are amusements uh, you can go to the park but I wouldn't participate in the amusements or the merry-go-round or any of those because it requires people working so you say yeah but a couple of us you know it, it's, it's not going to change society they'll just be minus 10 workers for the 10 rides $10 for the rides well, it, but if we say we can't make a difference, we're wrong. Uh, if we start to do that, uh, eventually um, stores could close again, restaurants could close again, museums could close again, business can close again. How did it happen that they open? Uh, it it wasn't when I was young there wasn't a store open on Sunday there wasn't a Jewish store open on Saturday and there weren't any other businesses open on Sunday Uh, how did they open? because little by little people began to uh, visit them little by little uh, it changed so little by little let us restore the holiness of society and the world and be their witnesses God bless all of you And God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you.